Friends, welcome back to the Wild at Heart podcast here in the week of November 14th. And uh, as we have been doing before we jump into the fourth installment in our episodes on Jesus stories, and we have some really beautiful stories for you this week, let's first take a moment and just let it all go. What we want to do is find God. And so whether you're starting your day or ending your day or in the middle, just take a moment, let it all go. Just check your breathing, settle in. Jesus, I give everything and everyone to you now, Lord. Everything, everyone. Just take a moment. And Jesus, as we enter into this today, together, we want you, we're looking for you. And so each of us pray personally, meet me, Jesus, meet me today. Restore our love for one another. Restore my hope in you and, and what's possible with you. Amen. Okay, friends, I am really excited. Stacy is back in the studio with me this week. So happy to be here. And we have our very dear friends, Fenton and Elaine Supple, online from Ireland. Hey, guys. Hey, John. Hey, hey. Stacy. Hi, guys. How you doing? Good to see you. We're doing this by Zoom, so I can say it's great to see you. Yeah, really good to see you guys. So we've been building through the series of different ways in which we experience Jesus and, and others experience Jesus, been telling different stories, including the stories uh, coming out of the Islamic world of how Jesus is just walking into people's bedrooms and introducing himself and bringing them to Christ. So it's, it's just so wonderful to unpack the possibilities of what of what Jesus can be in our lives and how we can experience him because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But you have a really sweet recent story, Stace, I want to start with. Yeah, I do. And I just want to say that I'm loving this series because the whole thing about it, think, being on the alert of what's possible has made me being more alert to Jesus' stories. Like, how is he coming for me? What's this? Yeah. And I had a foam heart in my coffee the other morning. And, you know, it's like, oh, he loves me. This is so good. Um, so recently, and I know this is a situation unfamiliar to everyone, but I woke up just so low. I didn't wake up soaring I love Jesus. Everything is wonderful. I woke up just heavy hearted and with a really full day ahead that was intimidating. Um, before I could even get out of bed, I reached over for my Bible and I love it when he does this, but I flipped it open and it was to Psalm 46, 5. And this is what my eyes fell on. God is within her. She will not fail. Oh, 
Yes. It just, oh, and also that it was, you know, that it was in the feminine. She will not fail. It felt, and it was so profoundly personal and just what I needed going, he's with me. It's going to be a good day. And he sees me in this. That was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. So it was a couple months ago um, now that Fenton, you were out here in Colorado with us for the Become Good Soil Intensive retreat. And we have facilitators come in that help facilitate the story groups in that. Fenton and Elaine are therapists there uh, in Ireland. And so you were out in beautiful Colorado in August. Mm. And, and you, yeah. have a, you, you have a Jesus story from that. I do. I was driving up um, that road from Colorado Springs towards Buena Vista. You, you, you know that road. And at one point you come over this hill and the view is just stunning. And, you know, it's this wide plain and the mountains and, you know, the mountains are 14,000 feet. It's just staggering. And the plain is just huge. And we're driving down. And so I had a wow moment just coming over that hill. But during the event itself, kind of like three days in, four days in, you know, kind of completely detached from social media and anything that was a distraction i felt prompted to leave one of the sessions and go out onto the deck it was the last day it was the last morning and i went back out to look at that view and i asked jesus i said why what are you showing me uh, through this what what's this about why was my heart so taken by it and what he said to me was this is this is like your heart this 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 beautiful kind of plain and mountains it's it's like the landscape of your heart wow and i received that because in the past when i've considered you know what my heart looks like i I, i've seen it as something smaller (laughs) and so when he opened it up i just went wow there's so much terrain here and and he said and what are you noticing and what i noticed was something unusual unusual for me and it was the aspen trees and the ponderosas and he said, what are you noticing about them? So it was like even further detail. And what I noticed were they were completely still. They were perfectly still. There was no movement. There was no wind. Now, Ireland, um, we tend to get quite a lot of wind. So, I, you know, I would have been expecting to see these trees kind of like mo- in movement. And I was, my attention was there. And he asked me, so, so what's that? What does that mean to you? And I said, I, I think it's like how my heart is becoming still. The stillness, and it was just a beautiful thing, and to to have that revelation of that part of my heart that is becoming more still. And he's taken me back there a few times. I've sat on that bench again with him uh, more mm. recently. He's taken me back there. Oh, that's so beautiful. I love that he asked you questions in yes. that place. <laughs> yes. Okay, so listeners, I need to give you a quick little snapshot. If you haven't been tracking with us for a year (laughs) and you haven't been in the 30 Days to Resilient or read the book or heard a number of the conversations around, because Christ lives in our hearts now, Ephesians 3, that Christ may dwell in your hearts, that our hearts have become the new temple, the hearts of the temple of God, because that's where God now dwells on the earth. And Jesus invites us to come into our hearts, to commune with him there. And there's actually a very long tradition in the church, Catholic, Orthodox, Protestant, 
of what we have named the prayer of descent. And it's learning to kind of just tune out the chaos for a moment, let go of the world, and pay attention to your heart. Look for Jesus within. He loves to commune with us by our side. He loves to come to us through the scriptures, you know, through a good message. He comes to us through nature, so many ways. But he resides within our inmost being. And so the saints down through the ages have encouraged us, quiet down, shut out the noise for a few minutes, and learn to pay attention, begin to love and commune with the presence of Jesus Christ, who lives within the heart of every believer. We call it the prayer of descent because you're kind of dropping down into your inmost being as you're getting out of the, the chaos and the crazy of your day. And there in your heart, Christ can begin to show you many things, uh, including the terrain of your heart, which is what you were describing, Fenton, that your heart is actually a very vast place, folks. It's it's immense. And your heart has a look and a feel to it, your inner world, the reality of your inmost world. It doesn't look like tissue. I mean, it's not, it's not your physical heart. We're talking about the reality of, of your inmost being, which is eternal and which reflects the heart of God. So that was a little bit of what Fenton was describing there, of, of Jesus showing him his heart. He's been doing that for all of us. And I had a similar experience, Fenton. I was actually... I've become accustomed to the prayer of descent because I've been practicing it now for several years, for, for a number of years. But this summer, he did the same thing for me. I, I went on a drive in the mountains, just kind of like a solo picnic. And I was just up looking around in the mountains and I came into this valley and there was a lake in the valley. And I just felt Jesus smile and he says, hey, does this look familiar? And I'm like, oh my gosh. That is the inner terrain of my heart. What? Yes. Like even the way the mountains slope down into it and the lake and the valley, it's, it is it is one of the locations oh, beautiful. that Jesus has shown me. Isn't that neat? That's beautiful. Yeah. 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 And then Elaine, I know you, like you guys have been really diving into the prayer of descent and, and communing with Christ and obviously coming out of you know, a lot of intensity in working with people, you've needed that. You've needed to find that. Do you have some stories for us? Yeah. Um, this is really a story just to encourage really people that, you know, this, you know, descent, this prayer of descent is, you know, Jesus is only too willing to really help us as much as he can to, to be able to do this. Um, and one of the things that I was finding hard was I hearing stories of people going down in their heart and getting these amazing pictures of Jesus. I was struggling with that, struggling with to get a picture. I had been used to going down into my heart, but more sensing God, if that makes sense, but hadn't really developed that, you know, that part of me that would, was able to see him. Um, and how Jesus took care of that for me was, um, I, I often get dreams. I didn't realize that these dreams were so significant. Um, really, probably only over the last couple of years, I've realized and so it's at that moment in time, you know, when you're waking up, Stacey, you're just talking about a waking up story there. And sometimes when I'm waking up, I will be half sleep, half dreaming. And this was a dream that I had. And in this dream, um, I was standing beside the water's edge. And so, you know, between the sand and the water lapping on my feet. Um, and I looked up um, and Jesus was standing right in front of me. Um, and 
he was looking straight into my face and he was smiling. And I remember thinking, oh, I know that smile. And it's, one of, it's that smile that is it's slightly cheeky. It's, you know, it's, it, it's one of those, he's daring me to do something. He's loving me. It's all those things mixed together. And it's all in his yes. eyes. And in that look, I knew what he was saying to me. He was saying, Elaine, I want you to fall back into the sea. I remember thinking, I wanted to say no, because I said, I don't know how deep this thing, I don't know how deep it is behind me. And I don't know if I'll go under, or I'll start sw swallowing water. Keeping in mind, folks, that this is a dream. <laughs> and so yes. he goes, go on, trust me, trust me, Lane, fall back. And I just remember putting my arms out like this. I know you can't see right now, but my arms are out. And just going, looking in his eyes and go, okay, I have nothing to lose here. And so I fell back and this experience in the dream was like all in slow motion. So it was pretty spectacular feeling to go in slow motion. As I fell back and um, to my surprise, instead of going under the water, which I thought might happen, the sea caught me. Like it was like the sea had these mothering arms and the sea started to my complete wonder and delight started rocking me like a mother would rock her small child, just soothing, soothing her child, rocking me back and Aww. forth. I remember in the dream thinking, oh my goodness, I do not want this to end. And I felt like it went on for hours. It's probably only a few minutes in reality. And I woke up and you know, as a kid, do you ever have a really good dream as a kid and you actually force yourself to go back to sleep again? Yes, if you just yes, want to yes, exactly. But so I kind of went, I closed my eyes again and Thank you for Jesus and his generosity. I was back in that place again, being rocked. Oh. Um, and I thought, that's it. Wow, what a beautiful dream. And when I when I woke up, I'd, wow, I'd love to go back there. I'd love to have that dream again. Um, and often for me, when God is trying to point something that's actually very significant, he'll confirm it through something or someone. And so this was actually a very significant dream for me. I didn't realize that at the time in regards to how God wanted to minister to my soul going forward. And um, growing up, I had very little comfort in my life. And so this was him starting to reveal to me, this is a place I could go to receive that comfort when I was really feeling anxious or feeling really, really tired. And so the next day after the dream, I just happened to meet a friend of mine. We went for a walk and we're just chatting about a whole load of things. And, and as we got back to um, my house, she just stopped suddenly. And it was like she was like just frozen in time. And I said, are you OK? And she goes, Elaine, I've just had this kind of picture or vision of you. Very, very strong. Are you OK if I share it with you? And I said, absolutely. She said, I had a picture of you falling back into the sea of God's mercy. And that <laughs> mercy was rocking you like a child. What? So, I know astonishing so clear so specific oh. i just burst out crying so shocking that mm. i could have that dream and this friend who's very in tune with the lord was able to reaffirm that um and just on you know to tail end that story that is a place now god has been inviting me to go to go and meet him on the water's edge oh. and he's spoken to me about that because actually it is connected to my history you know for Four and a half years, I, I lived in Cyprus and spent many, many, many hours instead of being at school, you know, on this beach. And so now he calls me back there in prayer. And uh, one example of that, one small story, 
um, you know, I work in, in as, as a counsellor and sometimes a day can be very busy, very long, and sometimes the stories are very heavy and hard. Um, and so it was at the end of my day and I was about to get up and, you know, walk out the door and go into the family and get, you know, get my dinner. And I just heard the still small voice, Elaine, meet me at the water's edge. Just this whisper. And so I just closed the door over again. And I just sat down on my chair and I would just went down into my heart and just said, okay, you know, let's meet at the water edge. And as soon as I just quietened down, just relaxed into that space, I got this beautiful picture of me in like my swimming togs or swimming costume, you might call it, you know, when I was a young girl and Jesus beside me, we were both lying on the sand with the water right. lapping over our feet, but the same half, half our body was at, and we were just laughing. The two was just Come laughing. On. And um, as I looked at this, I could feel all the weight, all the stories, everything just lift off me. And, and I just really, I just thank Jesus for, yeah, just for the, the grace that I had in that moment, just to hear his voice, that still small voice, inviting me into this place, really to release the burdens of the day to him mm. with this experience of laughter. Um, so mm. really beautiful. Mm. And of course, I've been back there many, many times. Yeah, so beautiful. <laughs> so beautiful. So again, just for our listeners for a moment, you know, friends, it's a progression. We learn to experience God in many ways. We learn to hear his voice. Right. We did a series on that just recently, learning to hear him speak and then learning the reality of the indwelling presence of God in us. That's thoroughly scriptural. That's where our strength comes from. That's where our healing comes from, right? Paul says it is the essence of the gospel. In Colossians 1, he says, the whole mystery comes down to Christ in you. Christ in you. Yes. Uh, which is just extraordinary. So, like, it begins with just paying attention to his presence with us. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it helps to begin loving him. Just start loving Jesus. You don't necessarily have to see what's going on. Um, some people have pictures. Some people have more visual encounters. For some people, it's hearing. Um, and oftentimes, it's just a sense. We just have a sense yeah. of his presence mm -hmm. with us. Yes, yeah. yes. You, you may not see that wry smile that <laughs> Elaine was describing, but you can feel it. You, yeah. Yes, and you can feel when he's being playful with you. You can feel when he's being serious with you. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, Fenton, what was the story the other day when you guys were, you were doing a prayer of dissent with some friends? Yeah, we were like this. We were doing a podcast on Sunday, uh, Sunday afternoon with uh, a great ally in Scotland. And we, we just were in listening prayer. And as soon, I, you know, you just use that expression, as soon as, as soon as we came into that place of his presence, it's like I dropped into this, uh, this image of um, the side of a boat. All I could see was the side of a boat. And then I became conscious of the rowing, the oars going into the water. And there were two or three people rowing. And it was rhythmical and it was calm. And I noticed the water was calm and we were pulling in the same timing. And then I became conscious of Jesus in the boat. And of course, we're rowing backwards but we're facing him and we've got our eyes on him. Mm. 
and we're pulling back and we're just looking at his eyes, you know, you know, keeping our eyes fixed on him. And he was setting the pace mm -hmm. and he was taking us his direction that, you know, he knew where we were going. We didn't know where we were going, Yeah, <laughs> but it was so calming to have that image and know his presence and see him in the boat with us. It was very significant. I felt just in knowing that, you know, he's setting the pace. He's calming the waters. We're in still waters doing this. He knows where we're going. And it was just, I shared that just as we were entering into the, the podcast and it just, it was so helpful. Yeah. And it's interesting, Fintan, because it was, wasn't only helpful for you, for Fintan, but it was helpful for, you know, myself and this friend of ours. It was like, we were all co-regulated, the three of us, into this very calm space. And was, this came by invitation for Jesus saying, come on, guys, you know, let's, yes. let's just come into yes. that calm before you follow me in conversation. It was really beautiful. That's yes. Okay. Yes. So okay. That there's, wait, wait, can I? Please. Because Fintan and boats. Fintan and That's ships. That's where I was going. Right? <laughs> yes. Come on. There was a conference that you were a part of. Do you remember this? This is in May. You got to set it up. Oh yeah, so, you got to set it up. Go ahead. But you you kept having these visions of boats over the years, tall masted sailing ships, Ooh. and then they would appear like on your screensaver, yeah, out of the blue. Or my right? daughter would draw one without knowing that it had a meaning or a significance. Yeah, yeah. right. And then you guys are doing this conference, and you walk out into the. The harbor yeah, there. I mean, I think I remember saying to people as they arrived in the conference that I kind of imagined them arriving on tall ships into Dublin Bay and just how, you know, they, how majestic that was as a sight of several tall ships coming in. And then when we finished that retreat and a conference, you know, somebody sent me a message saying, have you looked outside? You know, they were at the in their room looking out at Dublin Bay and they sent me a picture and it was a tall ship in Dublin Bay. <laughs> it was just, yeah. So there's been just several the... wink, wink moments like that. Oh my gosh, yes. yes. Oh, yes. I love him. Okay, so here's another beautiful one. So in my father's house are many mansions, right? We know that we have a home. We have a place with God in his coming kingdom. We, all, we also happen to know that that coming kingdom is on the earth, right? That yeah, restore the heavens and the earth, and much of our future destiny is is actually taking place right here on the new earth. When John sees the city of God coming down in in Revelation twenty one and twenty two, it comes to the earth. It says, "Now the dwelling of God is with humanity." So I began to ask Jesus. I said, "Could you show me my house in the new earth?" And he began. He actually began to give me pictures of it, images of it. And, you know, th this feels a little out there. You're like, really? Am I just making this up? That's kind of weird. But you guys, you guys. So Stacey and I were on vacation this summer and we went to a botanical garden that we hadn't been to before. And it was lovely. And, you know, we were walking around and looking at the different trees and things and stuff. And then there was this Japanese garden area that you have to kind of like go down into. And as I'm walking down the stone steps into this garden, I just felt that, what did you call it? The cheeky smile of Jesus. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I just felt God smiling and he said, hey, take a look. And, and I looked to my right and down as the stone steps went down, a lovely stream is flowing down next yes, to it. Yes. You guys, that is exactly what I had seen. Wow. 
in the several visions that I had had of the new earth and of one, wow. one of my homes in the new earth. It was that. And then it was the stone. It was the spring. It was all of it. It was just staggering to me, almost an exact replica of it. Yeah. So that's amazing. I love those confirmations, whether it's a friend saying, Hey, you know, right? I just had a picture for you, or it's a ship pulling into Dublin Bay. I love that. And you heard a, a lovely story the other day, really lovely, longer story, not like a momentary encounter, but this is such a good Jesus story. I want Oh, it is. It is. He's so beautiful. So I was at attending a conference this last weekend and there was a woman there who was so alive, so passionately in love with Jesus. So responding in worship and and giving hearty amens to the truths that were being spoken. So just, she was a fabulous woman. So um, at the end of it, she said, Stacy, I have a captivating story for you. I want to tell you. As a new believer, newly married, active part of their church, got baptized there, joined a Bible study, a book study. They were doing captivating. And she was loving it and drinking it in. And then they got to the chapter arousing Adam. Yeah. And right the week that they got to that chapter, she learned of her husband's chronic infidelity, unrepentant, and completely destroyed their marriage. Uh, broke her heart. She ended up moving away with their young daughter. And in her devastation, she got heavily into alcohol dabbled in promiscuity, really fell off into the deep end of despair. Yes. And acting out of her broken heart. Yes. You know, blaming God, just all, all of it, all of it. Well, God came. God came for her. And, and she didn't want that life. She wanted him. She ended up moving back to the Springs with her little girl. And, but she didn't know anybody anymore. She moved to a new area and it had been several years and she didn't want to go back to the same church and, you know, all of that, yeah. all of that. So early after her return, she's sitting in the parking lot of Walmart, ready to go in. And this is a superstore, you know, it's really big. And she's in her car and she asks God, I need a friend. I need a friend desperately in Christ. So I need a Jesus friend. I need a Jesus friend. I need somebody who loves God. I need you to bring me a friend who loves you, God, here in Walmart. So not only does she want to meet somebody or see somebody that, you know, is evidently a Christian or her spirit goes, oh, that person's a Christian. But she wants her to be her friend and she needs to be in there. So she goes into Walmart and she's shopping and there's a woman on the phone, couple couple aisles over is kind of being, you can hear her, you know, when people are talking on the phone. What she says in the phone call, praise Jesus. And so this woman goes, okay, that sounds like a Christian to me. And there was something about her that was attractive in her spirit. And, but then she vanished. And so like, oh God, if that woman is supposed to be my friend, if that's the answer to my prayer, then bring her back to me. So she, she does all of her shopping goes to the checkout, looks behind her. There's the woman right behind her in the checkout line. So she introduces herself. They strike up a conversation. The woman invites her to go to church with her. I'd love you to come to church with me. In fact, come to my home. I'm doing a book study. (laughs) Uncaptivating. (laughs) She says yes. Wait for it. She goes to the book study. 
They're on the chapter arousing Adam. Oh my gosh. It was a full circle intervention, a full circle rescue. I mean, talk about being so personally seen. Yes, pursued. Pursued, never abandoned, loved, heard her desperate cry, and and then met her in that way. This and this woman ends up becoming her best friend. Wow. Right? Isn't wow. That the, isn't that the sweetest thing? <laughs> I love it. Rescue. Yeah. So, listeners, we what we've been saying over this series, the Bible is a reliable record of what it looks like for men and women to walk with God. It's a reliable record, Old Testament and New, whether it's the visions that Ezekiel is having, or it's the intimate encounters that disciples get with Jesus, or then Paul's encounters with Jesus, who is now resurrected and ascended, but he's still talking to him. Yes. Yeah, and having encounters, and then on down through the ages, the record of the saints, of what it is like, you know, whether it's, uh, oh my goodness, Catherine of Siena or St. John of the Cross, it's Augustine's conversion. I mean, on and on the stories go, Jesus Christ is the same Yeah. yesterday, today, and forever. Yes, I was only saying to somebody in the room um, this week, you know, Jesus's ministry is he quoted Isaiah 61 in Luke 4, you know, that he came to heal the brokenhearted and set the captives free. And, and he, he, he was doing that and he still is doing that powerfully all the time. Powerfully and intimately. Yeah, yeah, and personally. Yes, so personally, down right down to the details. Yes. Of showing up years later to a book study and they are on the chapter that you left years right. before. Yes. Come on. Like, yeah. Amazing. I love his love. I love his playfulness. I love his fierceness. I love how firm he can be with us mm-hmm. at times. Mm-hmm. But always kind. Always kind. Always kind. Yeah. So the whole purpose of this talk today, the whole purpose of the series has just been to open up possibilities for our friends, not frustration um, and not comparison, but just possibilities of, of new things that, that might be available with Jesus. Right, and to start asking him for it. Please. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Lead us in prayer, Steve. Okay. Jesus, we do adore you. We love your rich personality and your amazing pursuit of us that is never ending, that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever, that we are the apple of your eye. Oh, God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we ask that you would make this personal to us. We ask that you would open up our eyes, make us aware of your pursuit, of the ways that you are coming for us. And And if we haven't noticed, if we haven't experienced you, we ask to. Just like that woman asked for a friend in a store, we ask boldly for you to come for us in the ways that we desire you to. We want to see you. We want to hear you. We want to experience you. Thank you that you want that for us too. In your name, Jesus, we pray. 
Oh, that's good. Amen. 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 Fenton and Elaine, it's lovely to see you. Thank you for your stories today. Oh, thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you.